You're listening to DraftKings Network. God bless football, Chris Whittingham. God bless football, Stugatz. I've never actually said that to you before. You have not said that to me before. Usually it's Billy saying that. Yeah. Uh, Billy is off this week. He's on vacation. So uh, Woody has stepped in here and helped us out all week with uh, the putting together of God Bless Football. And by the putting together, I'm not certain you did anything other than this. I mean. <laughs> well, in, in terms of on-air performance, uh, Mikey A has stepped up and done a, a substantial yes. amount of the production. Uh, I, I have I have been in the editing bay, so uh, a, lo- a lot of uh, the quality content you hear has been edited <laughs> by me on a flight to Portland, crammed in the middle seat of the emergency row. I haven't told you this, Stugatz. It's 5.35 in the morning uh, where right. I'm recording this. Set the alarm so that I can be on here and talk some football with you. Well, thank you. That's very nice of you. Uh, where, like, uh, you sent me a Zoom link for midnight last night. Oh, did I? <laughs> and somehow I got it because I didn't turn my, like, you know, whatever the, the, the phone alert that I have on. I didn't turn it off. And so I checked the email, and <laughs> it was 3 in the morning. Yeah. And I'm like, does Whittingham <laughs> think we're going to do this right now? I mean- <laughs> yeah, so, so it was one of those things where uh, because your computer, like, con- converts time zones, I didn't know right. what time to send the Zoom for. Do I send it at, at for 5.30 and then you think that there's a Zoom for 5.30? Or do I send it at 8.30 and then you get a notification? It was a whole thing. So yeah. I, th- I think we, we got it squared away. But uh, but yeah, it was I, I got in last night at, at midnight Pacific time. I was still editing here in the hotel and I, I set the Zoom link for this morning. So yeah, I'm in Portland for the other kind of football. God bless the other kind of football. Because uh, there's an MLS Cup final. God bless football. Yes, God bless football. <laughs> we should do that one. Now, <laughs> I, I love the idea. I'll pick soccer games for Stu Gods. Oh, I love this. I love this. And I, I and like, yes. I'll, like I'll have can we to, do like, this one week, please? I'm in. I'm in. Can Can Mojo Riley and Chaba Chamberlain pick MLS matches or Premier League matches? I'm sure they can. It listen, is such a it's such a weird group of people. Like, listen, we have the stand. Standard Mike Golick, Chris Sims, Mike Golick Sr., Chris Sims every week on God Bless Football. We appreciate them. They're excellent. Uh, we do a lot of college with Golick Sr. this week, a lot of NFL, obviously with Chris Sims, who said that Taysom Hill was a better quarterback than Tua. Um, yeah, I'm not certain he's wrong is, about is, that. Is he going to explain that? <laughs> Hang on a second. No, 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 no. I, I, I can that? tell you what. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. I, listen. We asked him about Tua. Uh, by the time the news broke that he said that, Chris Sims, my friend, may have wanted to told me that he said Taysom Hill was better uh, than Tua, but we did ask him about Tua. His larger point is that a lot of quarterbacks, and Chris, I think you have said this before, can throw the ball, and we'll get to the Viking game last night in a second, a lot of uh, quarterbacks can throw the ball five, six yards down the field, right? But he said what they're asking Taysom Hill to do often and he's got a bad finger, is throw it 20, 25, 30, 35 yards downfield. They never asked Tua to do it, and Chris Sims just isn't certain he could do it, Tua, with any sort of consistency. Throw the deep ball. But Taysom Hill doesn't do it well. <laughs> he threw no. four, <laughs> no. four interceptions. Just because he no, does it Sims, doesn't mean he does Sims it well. But Sims' point is he had a broken middle finger on his, on his throwing hand. We also have a know? larger sample that Taysom Hill is not really a good quarterback. True. 
He's a yes. good weapon. Like his, yes. like if you list him as weapon, he, you know, like he's a valuable player. But as a quarterback, I don't think. I mean, Chris Sims certainly knows a lot more about quarterbacking than I do. But I also think that the Dolphins' offense doesn't ask him to do it. I don't think it's because he can't. I think it's because the line can't protect for it. They don't really, other than Jalen Waddle, have guys to get open downfield. So I would hope that maybe with a better coordinator and with a better set of weapons that the Dolphins' offense looks better than what they've produced. But I don't think that it's necessarily to his fault that he doesn't throw the ball downfield. He played quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he probably knows what he's talking about more so yes. than me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I still I still squinted my eyes and did a head tilt like, Taysom Hill, I huh? I know, I know. Well, listen, that's why Sims is great at this. He makes yeah. you think. I don't even know if he meant it. <laughs> <laughs> that's your move is to question sincerity. <laughs> he's going to get so mad at me now. Uh, Mike Golick Sr., Chris Sims, but we also have Chris Gronkowski, Jobber Chamberlain, and Mojo. And our fans have grown to love the three of those because uh, we talk about nothing. Uh, <laughs> we talk about partying the entire time. Yes. It, the, the tension, the drama. Built up in Jabba Chamberlain's <laughs> coin flip picks, I, yes. ha- having gone. This is extraordinary. I didn't realize this until it was five was, and zero last week with the it coin. Was by the way, incredible. I, I was I, 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 I was sat in the middle seat of a flight to Portland, you know, with my <laughs> eyes bulging out of my head. Like, wait a second, Jabba Chamberlain went five and zero picking games with a coin flip. Yes. <laughs> Idaho, Idaho quarter. Well done. Yes. Uh, how random is it that on God Bless Football, we have a Yankees middle reliever joining us on a weekly basis? Who, whose picks, <laughs> yes. for me, are, are, the, are the most important picks in America right now. You can, have, you can have Colin Cowherd's <laughs> Blazing Five or Chris Felica the Bear giving his predictions and Stanford Steve and the Action Network. I want to know what Jabba Chamberlain's coin has to say. I agree. It's him and Steve-O. <laughs> <laughs> Steve went four and one in uh, in his for his maiden voyage on the on the Levitard show. Witty, so I was gonna text you because at halftime of last night's game, I decided to go to bed and I said, Hey, this will be quick. We don't really have to talk about Vikings and Steelers. And then I woke up and I had a bet on the Vikings and I realized, wow, I could have lost that bet on the Vikings very easily. <laughs> it seems like we have something to talk about. That and the passing, unfortunately, of Demarius Thomas former Broncos wide receiver, played for some other teams. but And you see it all across social media this morning where people are expressing their feelings, whether it be Peyton Manning or whether it be um, guys who played with Demarius Thomas. A lot of people, Tim Tebow is another one I saw this morning, expressing uh, their feelings toward Demarius Thomas, who uh, by all accounts was was a great individual who passed away uh, last night. And uh, family is devastated. Friends are devastated. And uh, it was sad to see. I don't think people realize, Chris, and we'll get to the game in a second, just how great Demarius Thomas was. Listen, I don't know him as an individual. I can only base what he was like as an individual off of what others are saying. And everyone is saying the most glowing things about him. Uh, But Demarius Thomas was a heck of a wide receiver. In fact, I believe he's one of three wide receivers ever in the NFL to have three consecutive seasons of 1,400-plus yards and 10-plus touchdowns. So uh, just an incredible player who passes away here in his early 30s. And so our uh, our thoughts and prayers to Demarius Thomas and his entire family for what uh for what happened last night. Yeah, it, it's obviously gutting. You, you I I landed and you, you get, you know, a flurry of texts and it's like, "Wait. Yeah. What? He's 33. Yeah. He's 33. 33. How, how is mm-hmm. that even possible?" And it's 
devastating to hear. It's devastating to yes. hear that someone who, obviously, as you mentioned, appears to have meant a lot to a lot of people uh, has, has passed away at such a young age. Uh, you mentioned kind of, it, in some ways, it's kind of a flash-in-the-pan career. His first two years like weren't incredible, and then Peyton Manning arrives, and wow, like you look at his numbers, absolutely take off. And he was a really great player. And yeah. he's, he's a legend in Denver, great player in his time, and now, unfortunately, will be remembered for, for this horrifying thing that happened. So, yeah, as you mentioned, thoughts and prayers to his family. And uh, it's it, it's tough to kind of put anything into perspective at the moment when you have uh, such a tragic passing so suddenly. Yeah, it's well said. And I should say that uh, Demarius was suffering from seizures over the last year, according to his family. And uh, they believe that was the cause of death while in a shower. Uh, last night, he suffered another one, and uh, unfortunately, as Chris said, he has left us uh, far too soon. Uh, there's no way to move on from that. We'll just uh, move on. But as I was saying last night, uh, I thought that uh, about last night's game, Whitty, I thought the game was over. At one point, it was 29 to nothing. 29 to nothing. And the other quarterback who was trying to come back from that was Ben Roethlisberger. So, <laughs> I'm like, the game's over. Against the yeah. defense where you watched yeah. them in the first half, they were ravenous. They were getting after yes. Ben Roethlisberger. Like, I, 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 as I've mentioned, I was on a flight, and uh, it, you know, it was available on the American you know, app or whatever to, to stream the game. I turned it on. It was 26 nothing. I'm like, all right, am I, am I going to you know, watch this second half? Like, it's a, another perfunctory second half where Troy Aikman and Joe Buck are trying to fill time. Like, you know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll watch an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm instead. And then mm-hmm. I landed, and I watched the extended highlights on YouTube, and it doesn't make sense when you watch the first eight minutes of it because Dalvin Cook was special last night. The way that he ran was going through secondaries like it was nothing. And then Mm -hmm. the way that they got after Ben Roethlisberger in the first half, Pittsburgh offensive line could not protect whatsoever. And the idea that Minnesota let their foot off the gas in such a way that they allowed Pittsburgh back into the game, I still really don't understand it because they were so far the better team over the first two and a half quarters. Hey, Finney. Uh, and, and and they allow you know Pittsburgh back into the game. All right, so the Steelers are driving, and they're trying to tie the game up, and they get a first down, right? And the clock is running. Steelers are out of timeout. And Chase Claypool, he catches the ball on fourth down, gets the first down, and then tries to extend out Liddy, Liddy, like he's pointing that he got the first down. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's like 28 seconds to go there's no time left on the clock social media clobbered chase claypool but i don't blame chase claypool here on god bless football i blame the offensive lineman who came over and tried to grab the steelers offensive lineman tried to grab the ball out of chase's hands and what he did there when he was he killed another 10 seconds <laughs> because the ball was fumbling around the field it looked like it looked like witty we all praise mike tomlin okay we praise Tomlin for being organized, for being, you know, that kind of coach. By players, they're never going to make bonehead decisions like the ones they made last night. You had not one but two players uh, on the Steelers who cost them, I think, each 10 seconds in a game that they're trying to tie up late in the fourth quarter, and he has no timeouts left. <laughs> and it came down to a final play in the end zone, which the tight end actually should have caught the ball. He did it, and the Steelers end up losing that game, and I cover my bet. How about that? <laughs> yeah, fr- uh, yeah. 
yeah, they, they, they threw the fryer mooth in the end zone uh, on that final yes. play. And I mean, look, if if you're you if, haven't if, seen the Chase Claypool play yet, I, I just I just saw it. I just okay. I just saw it. I just saw it. Uh, although I mean, what is a, number fifty one doing? Like, let him do the first down <laughs> thing. It's a bonehead thing. But then, like, you, gra- no, you no, grabbing you the ball and having it fall out of his hands and and go away from the referee cost you another fifteen seconds. I think this is the greatest disparity between fans and players that that, that exists. The interest in the clock and in timeouts and in like game yes. management stuff. They're so worried. Uh, about like five and ten levels above that like their schemes and what they're doing that like I'm not sure a lot of players like are like a, a lot of players don't know the overtime rules a lot of a lot of players don't know that the game can end in a tie and so like I, I, I do sometimes wonder if like players just forget about clock management and that kind of stuff it's the only it's the only explanation because the number of times you see players like not get a first down when they have the angle to just lean forward and said they want to try and pull it out and and and, and go all the way the, the number of players that stay in bounds when they should go straight out of bounds. The number of times that Pittsburgh on that final drive is throwing into the middle of the field, uh, it, yes. it's, it's ridiculous. But look, if you have a fir- you know a first and goal from the 12-yard line throwing into the end zone to an open guy, you've probably about done your job on a final drive, although you wasted a substantial amount of time. No, but they could have had two more tries. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's totally, fair. totally fair. Totally <laughs> fair. I'm saying number 51 cost them the game. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, God I mean, bless football. Woody. God bless football. <laughs> All right, Witty, we're going to get to uh, Mojo Gronk and Jabba here in just a second. Again, Jabba's coin went 5-0 and last week. He flips a coin to make his picks. Incredible. Five and and Witty is mesmerized by <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we do a weekly DraftKings game with the Levitard Show, a daily fantasy football. Billy usually has the information on that. He usually finishes somewhere in the 700s. Uh, do have the information <laughs> on this week's fantasy, uh, one-week fantasy game with uh with the Levitard show at DraftKings. Same link as ever, dkng.co slash Levitard. It will also be linked in the description of this episode. So uh, the contest usually opens up kind of Saturday mid-afternoon, and then there's a mad rush to get in on Sunday morning. So you want to get in. It usually fills up 1,000 spots, uh, $3 entry into our DraftKings contest. I have entered. I have sent Billy screenshots where like I'm 17th at like 2.30, nice. and I'm incredibly pleased of myself and then I finish in the 400s but you have right. that fleeting moment where hey, I'm going to win $15 this is amazing uh, but it's that 1 o'clock rush and then you realize oh. wow like yeah right and here come the Sharks who have all the players in the 4 yeah. o'clock games <laughs> join us in uh, this week's daily fantasy football game with DraftKings and the Levitard show it's fun every single week let's get to our boys here Mojo Gronk and Jabba Chamberlain God bless football God bless football Mojo, I saw you do an interesting video about whether wrestlers get along outside of the ring. Did you um, like that? I found it to be fascinating. I thought that was a fascinating topic for you to kind of explore there. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you're on TV. You're doing these storylines with uh, with other wrestlers. And on TV, man, you're going after each other. And it gets really ugly. And they're always, um, in professional wrestling, really trying to blur the lines of it being a show and it being real life. So... There's only so much trash you can talk about a guy's character, like his on-TV persona before, you know, you want to find out, like, are, do these guys really not like each other? Now they're throwing, like, real-life rounds at each other, going on each other's real-life families and real-life careers outside of wrestling and things like that. So the the uh, waters get uh, really muddied there and pretty murky, you know? The fans are always trying to find out, like, 
do these guys get along for real or not? So we talked a little bit about that. And, uh, of course, I use that as an opportunity to bury my old tag partner, Zack Ryder, which was really the whole reason I brought that entire thing up was just to bury him. But yeah, it gets, it gets pretty crazy, you know, because those, those shots in there, you can feel a difference when it's your buddy or if it's someone that uh, that doesn't like you, they're trying to gun for your, dro- your job by maybe potentially taking you out. You know, not being there when they're supposed to, those kind of things. It gets pretty nasty sometimes. Jabba, were you friendly with uh, anyone not on the Yankees or any opposing team you were playing against? Yeah, I mean, always it's, it's a mutual respect factor. And one thing I was going to ask Mojo, too, like, what did you find the hardest thing, Mojo? Like, obviously your storyline, but then obviously your job. And then working with new people, like, where, like, the hardest part, like, obviously new teammates and stuff like that and trying to find that chemistry. I feel like it would be harder with the one-on-one because I kind of relate to a catcher-pitcher aspect. Like, it's, sometimes it's hard and you're just not on the same page and it doesn't work. And I mean, it's obviously interesting hearing from other people's perspective in sports what they found to be the hardest thing to, to work in that relationship yeah well that's just it is you you never know I mean sometimes in sports you know when you suck or when you did something awful (laughs) you know like you missed a block you know you struck out too many times like you know but with wrestling it's not always that simple because you can go out there and win the crowd and have the whole place going nuts for you but if that's not what the office wanted out of you they'll bury you and they don't Usually, sometimes every once in a while, they'll tell you like, hey, you dropped the ball tonight. That wasn't what we wanted. But sometimes it's just, hey, great job tonight. Kind of shake you on the, you shake your hand, pat you on the back. And then the second you leave the room, it's like, that guy sucks. Let's get him off of TV immediately. (laughs) You just never know. Like everyone just kind of gives you the old nod, even in the locker room, you know, when you think you might have an issue with a guy or like, Maybe some things happened on TV that was favorable to one, but not the other. You know, that guy might hold it against you, even though it's not your decision. Like you just, man, it's crazy. It's hard to navigate. Sometimes it gets, uh, it gets very tricky. It is interesting though. I think Chris can probably speak to this. Like Chris, you want to beat your brothers, you know, at anything more than you want to beat, you know, some stranger, right? (laughs) Hell yeah, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Especially the older bro. That's what it was all about growing up. Did you ever beat Rob at anything? <laughs> yeah, actually in everything until uh, until about yes. high school. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you had a question for Mojo. I love how Jabba and Chris have turned into like journalists, radio hosts. It is, I'm telling you, that's why there's a show inside of, inside of here somewhere that uh, me and Billy are desperately trying to figure out. We will figure it out. Mikey A as well. Jabba Chamberlain, True. put us inside the Chamberlain household when you realize you had gone 5-0 and oh, using a coin <laughs> i really wasn't paying attention and then all of a sudden my twitter starts going going and going and then our group chat was like dude you realize you're three and oh of course mojo thought he was undefeated and i was like well it can't be because i went against you guys the last three and i'm literally like a quarter is a better pick than i am and i'm like can't get rid of the idaho i literally the name of flipping the coin i literally need to find me a jacket like that so when we do our picks every week i put that on just for good luck because that is fantastic. But, yeah, you guys are terrible. I mean, I beat you with a quarter. I don't know what to tell you guys anymore. I love Jabba finally having a good – the Stugats are strong in you, Jabba. Finally having a good week and unleashing on Chris and Mojo, who have beaten them every week since we started. <laughs> Honestly, I think we need to give him more time to get, like, whatever he wants to say. We just need to give him the floor for a bit. And This is your time, pal. You were in this. 
Well, I, you're right. We will give them the floor in just a second, Mojo. But I will say this. Don't let them make fun of you, Mojo, okay? You're 16 and 7. Like, you're the leader right now, Damn. okay, my friends? We'll visit that in a second, but let's give Java <laughs> time. This is a long time coming. We should, we, we should celebrate Java. You're right. I know Java's yeah. <laughs> a, a bit short on time today, so let's celebrate Java. Java no, 100%. The- I just, yes. I mean, I got my Idaho quarter its own case, so it sits by itself. It doesn't go in the change drawer. Um, it it kind of has an aura around it right now. It feels pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to have to try and visit Idaho and thank them for my 5 and 0 week because it is fantastic. <laughs> I don't know what there is to do there, but we'll find something. <laughs> and other than that, it's just, you know what? It's, there's still some time left to chip away. And like we've talked about before, it's not about winning. It's just don't come in last. Yeah, so exactly, I right. would like an update of where we stand in our standings because I made a three-game jump on – a few people, so let's see where I'm at. All right, so Java, last week with the Idaho quarter, you were 5-0. and oh. Chris, sorry, you were 1-4. <laughs> uh, Mo- <laughs> Mojo was 3-2, and two, oh, Chris. Was. I mean, mm-hmm. another winning week. And so for the season, since we started this bet, we have Jabba and Chris. Chris, Jabba gained a lot of ground on you, my friend. I know. You were both 11-12. Yes. A massive recovery wow. by Jabba Chamberlain. Really? I know. I know. He's 11-12. And, and Mojo wow. is 16-7. and seven. Yeah, so Mojo's 16-7. and seven. He's got a cushy lead here. I'm, I'm I mean, pretty good. And, and Mojo, God forbid you knew you were picking against the spread. You'd be even so better, I, perhaps. You, you know what? Worse. I made a mistake because I was wondering why the hell I picked the uh, Broncos over the Chiefs. And I was like, oh, it must have been that whole damn spread mishap again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why the I even said it in the group chat. I was like, why the hell did I pick the Broncos over the Chiefs? And I was like, oh, it's that old freaking nine-point spread that Chris won't stop talking about. <laughs> Jabba, you went undefeated with this coin. Now, do you retire it and frame it? And this is the legendary coin that flipped it up. But what happens if, you know, like you go one and four next week, this coming week? Like then the coin is. Is it really that good or it had its one day and we're, how do we feel about this? You ride it till it's done. And, and not only in, in this betting thing, but that's in life. You ride it till it bucks you off and that can be used in more ways than one, boys. You know how that goes. <laughs> I, mean, I think, I mean, I think I got to ride it out. I got to give it another week. I mean, it, it can't just sit there and hold the 5-0 and record. And we got to see if the powers are still in it to see what happens next week exactly right you write it out listen mojo this is the way gambling works there are people who are who are chasing right now they would kill jabba for that coin jabba knows that he should yeah. he said yes. like that's how desperate gamblers get man when they're in a rut like they'll do <laughs> they'll fly to jabba's house and try to steal that coin i'm serious man well forgive my attempt at some jedi mind tricks but i was genuinely concerned after five and oh and i was <laughs> Trying to find a way to segue this thing out immediately. I see. You wanted him to retire the coin, Mojo. I was just trying to get that seed inception style, and uh, hopefully it develops into its own monster. But you guys saw through my plan. No, I legit, I legit went to a collectible store and got a coin case for it. Did you really? Like legit, it, I just took it out of the case for the show. But like, uh, you take it out once a week. Collectible place, and I was like, "Does it get a PSA? This thing's got to be a rank ten, doesn't it?" <laughs> you get white gloves. <laughs> Believe it, Chris. How how upset was your brother that Brady threw for three hundred and sixty eight yards and not three sixty nine? Yeah, he he was actually pretty upset that he didn't catch the six hundred ninth touchdown. You know, that was like wow. a that was a big milestone, and uh, wow. it just didn't happen. So he's moved on. Uh, he did break the record, uh, or I guess second. He's in second now, Brady and uh, 
and Gronk for second most touchdown reception. So that's pretty cool. Mojo, he's got to uh, Brady's got to go out of his way to make sure Gronk gets that touchdown pass, right? Of course he does. That would just be selfish if he didn't. Well, he did. Mojo, your 69 thing is carrying so much. Literally, there were two retweets that we had this week where somebody was like, I can't like this because it's at 69. I don't want to move it off 69. (laughs) I do that all the time, man. (laughs) It's a struggle, especially like if the most stressful part of my day is if I ever find, like pick up my phone and it says 609 as the time, I immediately have to open up Twitter and I say, uh, 6.09 p.m., let's have a great day, everybody. Or 6.09 a.m., let's have a great day, everybody. But the stress that just infiltrates my life when I see 6.09 on this phone and I, like, ram it open, I'm trying to get in Twitter to spit out this tweet and make sure it's grammatically correct before it turns 6.10 is – it's tough, man, because if if I do tweet it out at 6.10 because it happens sometimes – I get crucified for it. It's it's bad business. It's against my brand. It's very stressful. It's self-imposed stress, but this, this I will say the last aspect. one you did tweet, I got it 610, but I didn't want to call you out. Oh, man. I know the last one was 610. <laughs> <laughs> You've been beating I yourself up about it all week. I, mean. <laughs> I really felt like I let down my friends and family. Mojo, you really got to get more important things to worry about. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Jabba's new coin. That's the thing to worry about now. All right. Are you boys ready to pick some games here? Again, I'm going to go over the records here. Uh, Jabba, get your coin ready, okay? Last week, Mojo, three and two. Chris, one and four. Uh, Jabba, five and oh. I know, Chris. I'm sorry, dude. Uh, Wait, Stugatz, what what was Chris again? Chris was one and four. One win and four losses? One win and four losses, yeah. For Chris, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. All right, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's for Chris. Last time it's uh, happening. For the season, for the season uh, Chris and Jabba are both 11 and 12. Mojo is 16 and 7. There's a part of me that thinks uh, that Mojo wishes he was 16 I was and just nine. about to say, can <laughs> we just do two games this week and I'll try and throw them both? All right, you guys ready for some I'm games ready. here? New strategy. Well, let's see, Mojo. Listen, you're one of the nicest people I've ever met, but you are the season leader, which means you should go last year. But... If you want no, to Jabba's last. Jabba gets Jabba's the pick last. Where he I goes love this that. Week. I Let Jabba pick all three for the week. You want? All right, we're going to do five. We the do four. five. I love that you don't even know how many games we pick. Just listen, Mojo. <laughs> don't you dare, Mojo. Don't you dare ever change. Okay, don't change. You're sixteen and seven, my man. <laughs> Guys, don't complicate the process, man. You saw what happened last week. Jabba, you want to go last? I don't. I'm flipping a freaking coin. Do I really care where I go? It's not like the coin knows if it's fading anybody. But now I think everyone's looking forward to the coin. So I think in an effort to uh, to really sell this segment, I think the coin has to go last. It's not even Jabba. It's just the I'm going to call you the coin, okay? Literally just call it. Don't even put Jabba's quarter from Idaho. Just put Idaho. Idaho. Idaho via Nebraska. Idaho. <laughs> All right, we got Cowboys minus three and a half. Take it on the football team. The game is in Washington. Washington's starting to play really, really well. A lot of people think Dallas can make it to the Super Bowl. So I will start with Mojo here. Cowboys minus three and a half at Washington. Ooh. Ooh. Good game. I'm going with the football team, baby. The hometown squad. We're taking Washington because why not? Chris, who are you going with? You got Dallas and the football team. Cowboys minus three and a half point favorites. I like it, man. I got a new strategy. I'll explain it a little bit real quick. You take the team 
that didn't cover the week before that's playing a team that covered the week before. So everyone overreacts to it. Washington's super hot right now. I'm going with the Cowboys. I like that. All right, let's go to Idaho. You have to tell me what's heads, what's tails. All right, so I'm going to say uh, heads is the Cowboys, tails is the football team. Here he goes. He's flipping it. Heads. Yes. That's the Cowboys. (laughs) Mojo, Mojo, that bodes well for you, man. I need to change my pick. <laughs> <laughs> no, stay. You're 16 and seven. Stay right where you are, man. <laughs> you're doing fine. All right, we'll go Chris first here. We have the Lions. They got their first victory of the year. They're at Denver. Denver's an eight point favorite at home. Chris, who are you going with? Sticking with the strategy, I'm going with uh, Denver. Mojo, where are you going? Denver. Denver, Idaho. <laughs> heads is what? Tails is what? <laughs> I'm going to give you heads, Lions, tails, Broncos. He's flipping it. All right. (laughs) You got the Lions. I'm worried now. Yeah, the coin's serious, man. What happened to your uh, your new way of doing it? I like my strategy, but the coin, I mean, like the odds that it defied all those two-point conversions, like everything just happened perfect for the coin last week. So I'm a little nervous about it. We got the Bills off a loss, uh, plus three. Wow, what a great game this is. Bills plus three at the Bucks. Bills plus three at the Bucks. Bills kind of need this one. The Bucks don't really need it, but the Bucks are the Bucks, and Gronk is healthy, and Brady's playing well. He's probably the MVP. We go Mojo first here. But the Bucks are the Bucks, and the Bucks are going to take it, and I will be there at that game, my friend, nice. wearing a Bucks sixty nine jersey. Booyah! Excellent. Excellent, Chris. You going as well? I will be there as well. Uh, Eighty seven jersey on. Nice. And uh, I'm going with the Bucks on this. I'm breaking the strategy right here. This is going to it. So, okay. All the Gronk- I'm going Bucks. So. You're going Bucks also. All right. So, all the Gronks going to this game? Uh, most of them. Most of them. Well, what's Big G up to these days? He's coming, man. If you want to get him on, this is. Yeah, we'll what, what do you mean if I want to get him on? I mean, you're his son. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> give me his number and I'll get him on. Can you give me his number? If I'll they, just pester him. If they win, he's coming on. All right. Java, flip that coin. Bills his head, Bucks his tails. Tails. Yes. I like all it. All right. He's got the box. I love that we're all waiting with bated breath. <laughs> yeah. <that> coin. Like, <laughs> I'm a f- coin. Like Chris is like, please, please let the coin match my pick is what Chris is doing. <laughs> all right. Let's go uh, next game here. We got two, le- two left here, guys. We'll get you out of here. Raiders plus nine and a half. Jesus Christ. The Raiders plus nine and a half at Kansas City. I don't know what's wrong with the Chiefs offense, but their defense is certainly pretty good. Uh, the offense, you figure, will come around at some point. So we will go Chris first here. Chris, uh, Chiefs, minus nine and a half at home against the Raiders. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking uh, taking Raiders and the points. Uh, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Mojo here. You have Raiders plus nine and a half at Kansas City. For the sole reason that Chris is a doofus, I will take the Chiefs. <laughs> nice to say about your brother and your friend, man. <laughs> Come on. We got to switch it up. That's, that's a good pick. That's yeah, fine. Listen, insult to the language of intimacy amongst males. Hold on. Right? When's we the last time that? doofus was actually used in a sentence? <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, yeah, put that on the poll. When was the last time doofus was used? In I enjoy these sentence? polls. I'm okay. curious. I, to I just put yes or no. It's spelled B O O F U S in case anyone was. <laughs> I was wondering that. <laughs> Java, I love you, dude. All right, let's flip that coin, man. Let's go. Uh, by the way, Raiders are tails, the Chiefs are heads. Heads. Hey! Atta boy. Okay. Chris, Chris. 
You'll get Celebrating like I won already. <laughs> All right, final game, Monday Night Football. The Rams plus three at Arizona. Good games this week. Rams plus three at Arizona. Monday Night Football. Cardinals are healthy. They got Murray back. They got DeAndre Hopkins back. Uh, we go to Mojo first. Mojo Cardinals. Cardinals. I thought you were going to say that. Uh, Gronk, go ahead. Man, I want to go Rams. against Mojo. You should. Do it. Do it. It's a good game to do it, man. I'll go Rams. I'll go Rams here. That a boy. You need one. Listen, you don't want to finish in last. It's just, okay, that's that's what we're going for here. All right, Jabba, I'll flip the coin. I'm going to say Rams is heads and Cardinals is tails. Tails. He's got the cards. Mojo, I was expecting a celebration there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A very insincere celebration. (laughs) Guys, before we get out of here, first off, Chris, thank you for the ice shaker. Seriously, I got two of them. My family appreciates it. My daughter plays lacrosse. She loves these things. She was super excited to get one, uh, especially one that had my name on it. That was awesome of you. Mojo, she'll be equally as excited when you send some coin or jewelry card. Just send me anything, a letter, a postcard. Okay, what it is. Uh, but before we get out of here, Mojo, you need to promote a whole bunch of shit. So go ahead, promote it, and get the hell out of here. Well, I already talked to Jabo about this because he went five and zero last week, and we we're all mesmerized by this. I'm actually gonna plug one of Jabba's places that he hasn't plugged yet. American Whiskey, based <laughs> in New York City. This place has it all: food, drinks, the best spirits with the best spirits in-house. The place is incredible. Check it out. Owned and operated by Jabba Chamberlain himself. And that's just how good of a guy he is. He didn't want to plug his own spot because he wanted it to be authentic. So he tagged me in and I'm going to do it for him. Nice. (laughs) New York City, check it out. I promise, guarantee, good time. Jabba, you've been sitting on that information all this time, man. Yeah, I mean, we've had it. Uh, we've had our Midtown location for almost ten years, and just opened up Soho. So uh, Mojo's been to both. His last one, he, our Midtown one, was closed, but uh, he got to see our new Soho one. But both are now open. So uh, if you are in Midtown Manhattan or Soho, go ahead and check us out. We're blocking a block and a half south of Madison Square Garden and thirtieth uh, between seventh and eighth. And then right. in Soho, if if you want two different atmospheres, great time, good people, and, and always memories are made there, that's for sure. Mojo, how many free meals have you gotten into that place or drinks? Uh, that's two different questions because meals, I've been to both, I think. I, I think I went to the bigger one twice. And then, okay, so I've been three times total, so that's three meals, which translates to roughly 69 drinks total. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to Stu You Gouts. It is time for this week's edition of Stu You Got NFL only. Just one college game, Army-Navy. We'll get to that in just a second. Week 14 of the NFL season is flying by. All lines are courtesy of our friends over at DraftKings. Billy told me to get through this quickly. I'm going to get through it quickly. I'm not getting through it quickly by telling you that Billy wanted me to get through it quickly. What? Anyway, let's get to the picks. Titans off a of bye week. They are minus eight and a half. They are at home. They are taking on... The Jacksonville Jaguars. Titans need this game. They're going to get it. They're going to cover the spread. Titans win by two tutties. Washington playing very well, especially that defense. They are plus four and a half at home against an up-and-down Dallas Cowboys team. I have no idea what's going on with Dak Prescott and that offense. I'm going to take the football team here. Dallas wins, but Washington covers. Dallas wins by a field goal. Football team covers, plus four and a half. 
Bengals plus two at home against the 49ers. I have no idea why the Bengals are getting points at home against the 49ers. So I'm going to take the Bengals. Why not? Bengals win the game outright. They win by seven points over San Francisco. Tom Brady, Buccaneers. I know two things in the NFL. The Bucs are good. The Cards are good. They play the Bills. I have no idea if they're any good. The Bucs are at home. I have the Bucs winning by 10 points. Packers. I actually know three things. They're good too, especially their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Minus 12 and a half. They are taking on the Bears. The Bears never beat Aaron Rodgers. They won't start this week. The Packers win. They blow them out. They win by three tutties, three touchdowns. Uh, The Cardinals, minus two at home against the Rams. The Cardinals have been the most consistent thing in the NFL this year. Can't believe I'm saying it, but it's true. Kyler Murray's back. DeAndre Hopkins back. Rams, Matthew Stafford, they're a mess. Cardinals win by seven points at home. And the Chargers and their beautiful quarterback, Justin Herbert, they take on the Giants. They are at home. They are minus 10. The Giants are a mess. The Chargers, as I just said, they are beautiful, especially their quarterback. Best quarterback here in the history of the NFL. Justin Herbert and them boys win by 14 points at home against the Giants. The teaser of the week. You take the Chargers. You tease them down to four. You take the Packers. You tease them down to six and a half. That is my teaser of the week. Chargers minus four combined with the Packers minus six and a half. One college game. I'll pick it. Why not? Army-Navy. I have both teams winning. (laughs) How about that? And covering the spread. So I'm 1-0 to start the weekend. How about that? Army-Navy. Again, I have both teams winning and both teams covering the spread. Is that possible? It is this weekend. It is on Stu Yagats. Why? Because I'm Stu Anyway, those are the picks. Good luck this weekend. Very spiffy today, Mike Golick. I am. I was told because we're going to this um, food tasting at the Four Seasons that I had to wear nice clothes. Food tasting for whose wedding? His wedding for Sid's. For, when is Sid's wedding? April sixteenth. Oh wow, you're getting close, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so you, all the yeah, I had to get wear nice shit. Yeah, so. but you get her off the books. I mean, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. What do you mean? We'll see. I mean, it's not your responsibility anymore. It's her yeah. husband. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Just wait. Wait until it happens. Yeah. We'll Ye we'll of little faith. I mean, we're we're talking about a husband that is going to be going to med school and residency for a while, so not going to be making some money. While he did make good money while he was playing ball, right? But did he save any of it? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Oh god, yeah. yeah. All right, good. Only uh, a responsible guy, because you know Sid yeah, wouldn't see, save any of it. He definitely is. Yeah, he definitely is. Sydney does well at spending my money. She'll do great with their money. She'll be perfect with it. But if it's my money, she doesn't give a shit. So you go into this food tasting at the Four Seasons. Yeah, that seems yeah. like that seems like heaven for you, Mike. <laughs> well, it really is. I mean, you're talking. They give you options. You can have like we're going to have like three appetizers, but you get to pick seven from this list. Then you try the seven and pick the three that you like the best. Right. How many five different entrees? And then you pick two that you want. So it's awesome. It's a ton of food, desserts, cakes, everything. So like I said, I was I was in shorts and a t-shirt and I said, okay, we'll, we'll be over after I, I, I in a little bit. She said, well, you're gonna change? I said, why? I'm eating, you know? It's just <laughs> me and you guys in a room. Who gives a shit what I look like? They said, well, you're, 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 we're going to the Four Seasons, so let, let's try and spiff it up a bit. Right. 
When I said that seems like your heaven, I was talking about Mikey A. <laughs> oh, no, this is my heaven, too. Let me tell you, this is one thing I'm looking forward to. It's the one thing Ben's looking forward to that we actually get a choice in. Well, who has final say? You or Ben? Sydney and Chris have final say. We don't, we don't have any say. Uh, Mike, you will just make sure there's pigs in a blanket, right? Like, that goes without say. That's a staple. Right? I, I was telling Mikey A, the big things that, that we want to make sure about are the apps. Everybody's going to have plenty to eat. Right. Drinks, obviously, will be flowing all night. The one thing I, I upgraded was to the premium pa- package of alcohol. That was a no-brainer. Yeah. And then the late-night food is always key. Pizzas, slider-type situation, donuts. You know, that, that's all key when you get into that 10, 11, 12 o'clock mode when you're just looking to kind of stuff your face with for some absorption. It's the difference between a massive hangover and just a small yeah. hangover the next morning. Absolutely yeah, right. Yes. Absolutely right. Yeah. Oh, to me, it's almost as important as the meal itself. Right. I will ask both of you this. When you go to a wedding or whatever, you know, one of those functions where there is a cocktail hour, and that's the best part yeah. of it and the most important part, so Mike is right. Are you someone that will figure out when the wait staff, like where they're coming in and out, and will you strategically position yourself right there so you get first dibs at all the food? I have literally set up a roadblock with with my brothers. Uh, I have three older brothers, and we have made sure that anything that came out of the kitchen was funneled through us. I did the same thing at uh, Sedano's wedding with Dan's dad. <laughs> I love it, Dan's dad. I will say this. I'm paying for the wedding. Yeah. I'll walk in the kitchen if I want to. Okay. So I don't need to position myself anywhere. If I want to, I'll position myself next to the grill itself. Right. And they can pop it into my mouth off the grill if I choose so because of the money I'm shelling out for this. As you should. I am proud yeah. of you. It's hibachi for you. Yes. My, yeah, my, exactly. Mike's going to dress like one of the waiters, Mikey A. <laughs> I am going to walk uh, where, where I'm allowed to or not until I'm told I can't walk there anymore. Ice sculptures? With, with tequila pouring out of it? I, I, I was, see, here's, I was so bummed. At Jake and Jenny's wedding, we had it at Notre Dame, and we had it at the Morrison, the famous Morrison there right on campus. We had the reception there, and we got an ice sculpture, a luge, to do exactly that until we found out you couldn't do it. I'm like, well, why did I get it? I got it so I could pour booze down it, and someone will be at the other end drinking said booze. And they were like, no, it's just there for looks. I said, that, that's complete bullshit. Right. So I was very, very bummed uh, about that. If uh, but we made it flowing out of it, it's just a waste of space, Mike. Well, it's exactly yeah. right. right. And, and then they were saying, when people were going up asking for shots, we were, they were like, well, we don't do shots. And we were like, wait a minute. And, and, but, but, but one very intelligent bartender said, listen, if you ask for some whiskey neat, Pretty much the same thing. Nice. So everybody learned that. The younger generation learned to ask for everything neat. And there was booze flowing to where at Jake and Jenny's wedding, they ran out of vodka. I love it. Uh, yeah, so we were pretty proud of that, quite honestly. I had a nice sculpture. I mean, it's a staple. It was my daughter's bat mitzvah. <laughs> wait, wait. Was booze a booze-flowing ice sculpture? Yeah, tequila. Oh, my God. <laughs> At a bar mitzvah, that's unreal. Well done. Thank you very much. And no one did more <laughs> shots from that ice sculpture than Roy Bellamy from our show. <laughs> oh, my God. That is awesome. We're going to have two bars because I've been to receptions where there's one bar and it gets packed. So we're going to have two bars. We're going to have, I believe, three walking around hors d'oeuvres. One bar just for and you, right, Mike? <laughs> it's exactly right. I have my private stock. And then 
like my mom, we won't have it for everybody else, but my mom and my Aunt V will have their own bottle of Southern Comfort because that's what they drink. But what we also have is we have a beer donkey. So we have an actual donkey, a burrow, with a, a saddle around it with ice in the pouches and beer, and the burrow walks around and you take beer out of it. Oh that is awesome. Oh, my God. Mikey A., put this on the poll, please. Um, does a Golic wedding sound like the best wedding ever? Yes or no? And is an ice sculpture without liquor flowing from it just a waste <laughs> of space? Yes or no? Okay. Oh, that's a complete yes. Right. I'm already voting yes. Okay, put it on both of those on the poll, Mikey. Write those down and tell Billy wow. to get on it. Uh, Mikey, let's let, listen. <clears throat> over under on the amount of shots Mike Golick Senior does at uh, at Sid's wedding. Over under. But perhaps oh. we'll put this on DraftKings. Wow. <laughs> Where that's, would you send the be over a under, Mikey? Yeah. I'm gonna put it in the f- five and a half range. Oh, I would. Go I was thinking. I was thinking eight and a half. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There is a chance yeah. you do wow. nine shots. shots. I mean, you're setting your own oh. line right now. I love it. I am. And listen, that, that, that starts from the moment I wake up, right? That's an all-day yes. affair. It's yes. the wedding day, the whole, oh, that's that's an easy over. We may have, oh, may have to okay. go double so, digits. Yeah, it's a little what if I put though. it at 11 a and a half? Like, that, that could be interesting. Now, luckily, it's where we're only walking. Nobody is driving, right. so that's good. Yes. 11 and a half would be, but that would definitely need to be spread out. Uh, over the day for sure all right, because Mike we want to try to get people on both sides all right so we have to right. set the number yeah. correctly yeah. it's a very important rule of gambling okay yes it is <laughs> get money on both sides uh, can you quickly before we get to college football the playoff <laughs> um, everything that happened there and then the NFL as well can you give us a quick recap last week you were, you were all excited you traveled all the way home to Connecticut <clears> or your former home you were Michael yeah. uh, by the way Michael Jr. over under on shots for the wedding uh, oh I would set that God. at 15 15 oh he's gonna be I a freaking mess yeah 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 he doesn't have to talk this time does he <clears throat> I remember what happened last time Mike uh once we get it all squared away and I'll tell you guys, he has a very integral part at the wedding. Oh, wow. Uh, I got to wait. I got to make sure it all gets set up first. Then I'll let you know. All right. So, Mike, I, I don't know. I am famous for uh, doing best man speeches and wedding speeches at weddings <laughs> that I'm not invited to. If I did do one for Sydney and her husband-to-be, is there a small chance that perhaps you would play it at the wedding just for entertainment? Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Mikey A, we got to do this. This is our opportunity, Mikey A. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do it. Put your best foot forward and we will play it. Okay, so you went to Connecticut. You were all jacked up for Hall and Oates. Yeah. Can you give us yeah. a quick recap before we get to football of the concert? Was it everything you thought it would be? They were excellent. Really? Excellent. Really? Really good. They played all the hits. They played for about an hour of the main set, but then they came back on and played four of their biggest hits for their encore. Told some, you know, a little bit of stories in between. Uh, as well, but but for the most part, they sounded fantastic. Yeah, not hitting the highs like you normally would at times, but you know, I think um, Daryl Hall is like seventy five. So I mean, he was up there getting after it. So it was uh, well worth the two times canceled for COVID and then going back for. Like I said, the first time we got the tickets, I lived in Connecticut and had a job. By the time I went to them, I didn't live in Connecticut and I didn't have a job. <laughs> We have a job, just not one that pays you. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly right. Mikey A shaking his head, he's like, What's I that like? <laughs> What's that like? You're an asshole, you yes, know yeah, yeah. Who's the asshole? <laughs> All right, so, uh, Mike, what do you think? First off, let's start with Alabama-Georgia. So, the playoff is set now. Alabama number one, Michigan two. 
Georgia three, Cincinnati gets in, Mike, which was a feel-good story for everyone. I think you had to feel good for Fickle, Coach Fickle and the University of Cincinnati, really those kids and the players. But Alabama winning the game, not the surprise. The way they won the game, I think, shocked yeah. a lot of people. Were you shocked as well? Yes, I was. I picked Georgia in that game, right. and I'm surprised at the ending the way the Georgia defense got knocked around. I mean, that was a, that was a hard, cold reality slap for them for how well they had been playing and it also just shows you when Michigan, when Alabama is on, how good they can be. Because we've seen Alabama give up 41 points to Texas A&M in their loss. We've seen Alabama get shut out at halftime by Auburn. So both offensively and defensively, we've seen some struggles there. We've seen them give up points in other games as well. But they put it all together for this one. And Georgia's offense is nothing to write home about. They're good. They're not great by any stretch. Their defense is great, but they weren't in that game. So I'd imagine there's a lot of ticked-off Georgia defensive players who are uh, chomping at the bit to get back on the field. Uh, Mike, I think Cincinnati has a great opportunity. They really do. Yep. Like, if they really want to make a statement, beating Alabama <laughs> would be a massive statement for them to make. I don't think many people think they're going to do that. I- I'm guessing you don't think they're going to do that. So are you expecting Alabama-Georgia in the finals again? I am. Um, you know, that first game's I think, about a 13-and-a-half-point spread, Bama and uh, Cincinnati. Bama's just too deep everywhere. I think they eventually just take over. Now, again, Cincinnati's there. They deserve to be there. As soon as Oklahoma State lost, I think that really locked them in uh, because that would have been interesting had Oklahoma State won yeah. what would have gone on once Bama beat Georgia and those two were going to be in. You knew Michigan was going to be in because they were going to beat Iowa. But it all worked out, so Cincinnati's there. Listen, these kids have a great opportunity. Go out there, you know, and just and just have at it. You know, just just put your best foot forward as as, as long as you never know what can happen. Uh, I do think Alabama will eventually take over that game. Uh, but I'm glad Cincinnati has the uh, – I hope it's a close game. I hope it's a good game. And the one thing I don't want to hear is if they get blown out, they didn't belong. Because plenty of power fives have gone in there, including Notre Dame, you know, have gotten blown out in the semi. So that's not indicative of you didn't belong there. So I don't want to hear that about Cincinnati. They deserve to be there in this opportunity. And Georgia-Michigan, I look forward to the defenses. Michigan's defense, Aiden Hutchinson, what he's been doing, uh, has been phenomenal. And the Georgia defense, sands the Alabama game, has been without question the best in the country. So that's going to be a great defensive battle. Mike, can you make the argument after Georgia lost to Alabama and the way they lost to Alabama, <laughs> if you put Georgia's resume right next to Notre Dame's resume, is there an argument to be made that Notre Dame should have gotten in? I mean, there's an argument, that, that but I would still si- you know, go on the side of Georgia, even though Notre Dame's my alma mater, and, and we were waiting to see if there was a way Notre Dame could slide into this. No, Georgia's been dominant all year. They weren't in this one game. Notre Dame has won all their games outside of Cincinnati. They, they haven't been as dominant. Georgia has. So their loss was to Cincinnati. Georgia's loss was to Alabama. So I, I have no problem with Georgia. And, and Georgia, knew. I think we all knew that. No matter the outcome of that game, Georgia was going to be in the Final Four. I have zero issue with that at all. This is interesting. So you're giving you're saying Cincinnati against Alabama, like there's just there's just like most people, there's just there's no shot. If they were gonna, if they I, were to well, beat I mean, Alabama, how would you do it? We like I said, which Alabama were we going to get? We've seen Alabama give up points, and we've seen them not score points. So that could happen. So to sit here and say, you know, it's been Georgia that's been the dominating team all year. Alabama, you know, while they only had the one loss, they've given up points and not scored points. So we're not sure which side of that shows up. And you got a bunch of Cincinnati, 
you know, hungry kids, a first group of five to come in. They feel they have something to prove going in there and in this game. So you're going to get a balls-to-the-wall performance, I think, by those guys. I just think in the end, Alabama will be too much. Are you going to be surprised if Michigan beats Georgia? I would. I'd be surprised really? if Michigan beats Georgia. Yeah. Um, that Michigan again, team is both, good, Mike. And they're playing really yeah. well right now. It's an offense that needs the run and the pass. Uh, it, I wouldn't be shocked if Georgia, if Stetson Bennett starts, and if he's mad, he'll get pulled for JT Daniels because now you're in a one-and-done scenario. So if there's any kind of struggle at all, you pull him. So I said both offenses are, are good to really good. Both defenses are great. So I, I would be – now I think the spread there is like a touchdown. I would be less surprised if Michigan were to pull it off, especially we just saw Georgia get beat. So I'd be less surprised. And Michigan is riding high right now. So I, I think, and by, and spread shows it as well. We'd be way more surprised if Cincinnati pulled off the win. So you and I had Brian Kelly on <laughs> earlier this year. You're, you're friends with Brian Kelly. You've spoken to him many times. Have you ever yeah. heard him with a Southern accent before he stepped into the LSU gymnasium? <laughs> that was something, wasn't it? Uh, what, what are they trying to say? It was an overmodulated mic or something like that that he I heard something. He Kelly with an X right in front of our eyes. That was, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a tough one there, especially when it was spliced together, him saying the word family shortly before that. And then there it was, uh, that was tough. That was, uh, that was a tough. I've, I've not heard him with a Southern drawl, no. <laughs> On the flip side, Notre Dame <laughs> nailed their introduction uh, with Marcus Freeman. Mike, that video gave me goosebumps. The way those players went to bat for him yeah. uh, was fantastic. They just wanted him to be their head coach. And I'm, I, Mike, I don't know him. I only know what you've told me about him. I was so happy for that guy that he's the next head coach at Notre Dame. And I think you guys have your next head coach for like the next 20 years. Well, and I'll get to that in, in a sec, but I think one other thing that was really cool and either stood either about Notre Dame or maybe about Brian Kelly or maybe a little bit of both was the coaches that Brian tried to take that didn't go. Yes. You know, the strength and conditioning coach, Tommy Reese, the running back coach, I think the tight end coach, I think there were other coaches, and they all said no. They all said they want to stay at Notre Dame. Now, some of that may be they're entrenched at Notre Dame and didn't want to leave, or some just didn't want to go uh, with Brian Kelly. I, I don't know for sure, but nobody went uh, at this point, at least, uh, uh, with him. We'll see if some do if they don't have a job as a coach at Notre Dame. And as far as Marcus Freeman, listen, if they were going to hire from within, I, Marcus Freeman, I know everybody talked about, Tommy Reese, in all honesty, I would have had no problem with. Now, Tommy Reese is like 31. While they're both young, he's even four years younger. Tommy Reese is a phenomenal mind for football and a Notre Dame guy as well. But Marcus Freeman, even if he wasn't named coach at Notre Dame, would only have been at Notre Dame another year or so. He would have been hired somewhere else. He was he was going to be a head coach. Jack Swarbrick didn't get a, uh, a search for him. He was it. Talk to the leaders on the Notre Dame football team. Talk to others about what they were looking for. And Notre Dame doesn't have to get a big-time name out there. They have to get someone who is aligned with the values of Notre Dame and the type of players that you can bring in. So you don't bring in a head coach that is fighting that system and just says, this is how it is. This is who we're going to get. How, you know, how do you as a coach develop them? And I'll say this about a coach, and I'll say this about any coach who's never been a head coach. I said this when they hired all the new head coaches in the NFL last year. They were all basically coordinators, except for Urban Meyer, but he'd never been an NFL head coach. And everybody's grading, you know, Robert Sala on this or this coach on that. New coaches, oh, good hire. He's going to do well. We have no friggin' idea. None. Even with Marcus Freeman. I hope he's fantastic. We have no idea. He has led defenses. 
He has not led the team yet. He has not sat in a big chair. Any of these coaches, like I said in the NFL, even as well, he has not sat Brett Venables, who was going to Oklahoma. We talk about a great D coordinator was in Clemson. I have no idea how he's going to be as a head coach. He's, he hasn't been one. You know, Marcus Freeman hasn't been one. Now they're the CEO. Now, you know, is he going to call defenses or are you going to delegate that to a D coordinator? How do you run the show as opposed to just running one third of the operation? So while I hope he does great and it all points to hopefully he does do great, I can sit here and say I have no friggin' idea uh, how he's going to do, but ha- hope for the best. And how about John? normally you pick a new coach and the next game you have is next season after winter workouts, spring ball, summer workouts, and um, and. And uh, preseason, thrown right three into weeks, it. yeah, throw right in against <laughs> Oklahoma State. First time ever, Notre Dame and Oklahoma State have played. So how great is that? Are you going to that game? Probably. If I'm in town, I'm, I might be calling a game for Westwood One. That'll be playoffs. But if not, I'll yeah, well, Chris and I'll definitely be at that game. Mike, everything you just said is fair. We have no idea. You're right. We have no right. earthly yep. idea. None. But I would say that a good start is the way those players care about him yes. and the way those players went to bat for him is certainly <laughs> a good start for him. So. So the one thing that you want a coach to be able to do is have your players buy into you. He's got that already. So to your point, you're exactly right. So that part of the equation, you don't have to worry about. They've seen him. They buy into him and what he stands for, not just as a defensive coach, but what his philosophy is. Players already buy into that. So that's, that. you know, check. One of the boxes, check. So you're right. That part, we're good, and then we just continue on. All right, I know i got to get you out of here in a second, but just quickly, your thoughts here, because, Mike, you and I have talked about this before. Uh, for me growing up, for you growing up, the University of Miami was a massive part of the yeah. college football landscape, even going back to the early 2000s when they went on their second run. So uh, they get rid of Manny Diaz. Now, listen, people are making fun and mocking Miami for how they went about doing <clears throat> yeah. their business. That's how we yeah. do business down here, okay? And I got news ha. for everyone, all right? That's how most college football programs do their business as well. So I don't want to hear about it, okay? The University of Miami is representative of the city that it's in. That's how we roll down here, all right? We hire a coach. Why, there's a coach on the recruiting trail, okay? That's what we do. But anyway, Mario Cristobal comes from Oregon. People love him. He was at Alabama for a couple of years. He's considered one of the best recruiters in the country. I think everyone, Kirk Herbstreet had a massive platform. Mike Ryan, our producer, did a great job on reporting on this. But everyone wants the University of Miami to be relevant again. College football is a better place when the University of Miami is relevant and good. Uh, do you think, Mario, what are your thoughts overall, so, Crystal Ball, and can he bring them back? Proved he can win, yep. right, at Oregon. Mm-hmm. And maybe not, maybe not, unfortunately, that big game, but, but he's gotten the team there. And he's proven he can recruit. That's the key. First off, now he's going to a new team. He's got to get those players to buy in as well. But he's a Miami guy. We, I mean, th- this was the thing. Get a guy. You know, get our guy. So they get him. But now it's recruiting. Because look who you're recruiting against. Not only in-state, you know, with, with obviously with Florida and with Florida State. Uh, but with all, you know, Florida's a monster recruiting area that Bama goes to, LSU goes to, hell, Notre Dame goes to. I mean, it's a monster state. So that's the key, getting in with the high school coaches down there and having your recruiting be able to pluck those top players because that's big-time heavy recruiting out there. They were one of the top teams in the Pac-12, right? So he could get the guys from Cali uh, that, that he wanted. Well, now he's going to Florida for a program that, that's trying to come back. He's got to be able to pluck those players. And what's added is he's got to be able to get those transfers. 
because that's the big thing now that with the transfer portal, get those guys to come there as well. But a pretty good hire. It was all things considered. Yes. Listen, yeah. here's the statement Miami made. They're in the game now. They never paid their coaches that much. They yeah. didn't pay Jimmy that much. They never. They didn't play Dennis Erickson You're that right. much. They're in the game now. Where they're paying their head coach $8 million a year, and they have Clemson's AD. That's being in the game, Mike. They've pushed their chips in and yes. said, we want to be right here at the last table, at the big table with everybody else. Yes. All right. We know uh, you got to go uh, taste yep. some, some food. Got to taste food. Mike, I would uh, also test the uh, the alcohol as well, just to make sure, you know, it's not poison or anything. Okay. That, well, that's uh, you have to see how the alcohol Call pairs the with the food, over. so that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to write my speech for Sid, okay? Do it. Do it. All right. Later, guys. Okay. God bless football. All right. God, God bless, bless football. <laughs> Chris Sims with us on Button Podcast, Football Night in America, PFT with Mike Florio. I want to start here with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Do you think Russell Wilson will be with the Seahawks next season? And if not, where do you think he'll end up? Oh, no, I don't think he'll be with the Seahawks. I don't. I think that's coming to an end. Uh, listen, I, I know too many people that are close to the situation where offseason last year, right, when he made some of those comments, I think it was on the Dan Patrick show originally. Yeah. I knew that was kind of coming before that. I had been told some by some people that were around him that that was, you know, that was brewing and that, yes, he wants to go somewhere where they're going to let it fly and make it all about him just like, you know, they, they do in Kansas City with Mahomes or, or Josh Allen with Buffalo. He looks at it that way. Now, where he goes, I don't know. I really don't. I have no info there. The one place, listen, one place I've talked about that don't sleep on, the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's one I'll throw out there. But I don't know, again, if I can envision Russell Wilson and Sierra living in Pittsburgh. That would probably be the thing that, that like makes me pause a little bit. Right. Pittsburgh's a great town. I'm sure you've been there and you'd probably agree. But maybe not Russell Wilson, Sierra type of town. Um, I, I think your Miami Dolphins will probably be in the mix, depending on how this year ends with Tua. The Denver Broncos, I think, could be in the conversation because I think Denver's one of those teams where – there's a lot of pieces in place where you go, ooh, I like that. And then, you know, I don't really imagine this happening, but, you know, I, I'll say it just in the fact that I think that Russell Wilson and Sierra have their eye on it. The New York Giants, I, I don't think they're going to end this relationship with Daniel Jones, but uh, I can imagine him wanting to come to the New York market to be a part of, you know, that and everything there. Uh, but but I, I still think the Giants are going to give Daniel Jones one more year, I guess, in the heart, in my heart of hearts. Chris, if you can get Russell Wilson, don't you part ways with Daniel Jones? I mean, yes, definitely. Simple, they would. Yes. Right? Uh, yes. If they could. Uh, and I don't know what that price is going to be. Of course, it's going to be a lot to get Russell Wilson, probably a lot like we heard the prices being thrown around for Deshaun Watson. You know, Houston's another team that, you know, again, I could see maybe him liking the Houston big city. Maybe that's the spot he likes when all said and done if, if Deshaun Watson moves on to a new place as well. Uh, but I think those are the teams that probably jump out to me more than others. Assuming the price tag isn't the issue, how many teams would, would pass on Wilson for what they have or potentially will have? Well, interesting. you know, this year's a hard year to gauge Russell Wilson. He doesn't have great talent around him as far as offensive line running game. The offense is not good. It's not schematically creative in any shape, way, or form. And, you know, I don't know if that's Pete Carroll and him always, you know, adding Hughes two cents and wanting to run the ball and play defense and always affecting the offensive coordinator. I would think that's part of it. But, you know, the one thing I would say, too, is 
Russell Wilson, you know, top five quarterback. Okay, I, on the verge of that. I don't know if he's a top five quarterback anymore. There's, there's, I'll tell you this. This is the one thing that concerns me about Wilson over the last few weeks and even at the start of the year. You don't see him running or making a lot of plays or being elusive anymore. That aspect of his game is slowly dwindling away each year here. And, you know, from that, um, I think it could scare some people. And he comes along with some baggage. I think everybody knows he's had some moments in Seattle where we know whether it's rumors or whatever else that he could be a handful in that department. But, man, you know, Mike, to your question, he's an upgrade from most quarterbacks in football. There's no doubt about that. You know, I, I really think you, you can only sit here and the Rodgers, the Allens, the Mahomes, the Herberts, you know, the Joe Burrows, guys that you know are going to be there. Brady, you know, for the most part, I know I'm missing a few guys. Lamar, of course, you know, other than that, you're getting into, ah, I think Russell Wilson's probably an upgrade for you territory just about across the board. How about Dallas? No, no, I don't see that happen. I think Dak Prescott is still too good. You know, I think he's every bit as good as, as Russell Wilson, honestly, in my opinion. I don't think it's, you know, it's almost apples to apples. And I think Dak actually has some things about him that I think, you know, will last the test of time maybe longer than Russell Wilson. You know, he's bigger, you know, he plays in the pocket better, sees the field better from within the pocket. And, you know, Dak, I don't think we could totally look at, he's still coming back from an, a gruesome injury last year. He's got some mobility to offer as well. And he's the ultimate team guy, you know, good soldier, leader, never makes waves or anything like that. I think Dallas loves everything that Dak Prescott brings to the table, so I don't imagine that. I want to see how far we can push this out. If Seattle calls the Patriots and says, hey, we want Mac Jones nope. in the draft pick. No nope. way? I don't think so. To get Russell Wilson, I man. Know. It's happened that quickly where well, people, like, the perceptions not, change on it, him? It's not about that. I think it's you got to look at the long play a little bit, too. Sure. He's going to be 33 years old, right? You know, with the way he has played the game. And he relies on his legs. I mean, like I was saying, I think that's going to continue to dwindle as the years go by here. And we haven't even seen the best of Mac Jones. And we just know that he systematically fits that team, that system. And with the way it looks, you're going, man, at the very least, we got him for another 10 or 12 years. So I, I don't I don't think that'll happen either. Unbuttoned podcast. uh Las Vegas. Yeah, maybe. That's probably another one. Okay. Maybe that's another one because it just it, it makes sense. Derek Carr's really good. He's underrated, but you know, he's not Russell Wilson. I'm not getting ready to say that. No. Unbutton podcast, football night in America, PFT with Mike Florio, Chris Sims with us here on God Bless Football. Uh the Giants are obviously a team and organization that is that means a lot to you. It means a lot to your family. They have not been above five hundred in the last five years, since Dave Gettleman essentially took over. This has to be the last. Yet some people think Gettleman's done a decent job with draft picks, Chris. But this has to be the last year for Dave Gettleman, does it not? Well, yeah, he's, he's had some good picks. There has been. But I think it's the last year for Dave Gettleman. I mean, I would make it the last year. I, I respect what he's done throughout his career. But yeah, with the Giants, there's been a lot of questionable things that have gone on. I certainly blame him more than I do Joe Judge. You know, Joe Judge... The Giants, the way they play, most games they go, mm, that was the proper way to approach it. They might not win the game, but the game plan was proper. And every now and then they win a game where you go, I don't know how they did that. Like Philadelphia. Philadelphia is way more talented than the Giants, but Giants beat them a few weeks ago. Last year, you know, uh, Daniel Jones is hurt. They go up to Seattle with Colt McCoy and beat the Seahawks. You know, So 
I, Joe Judge, I don't think he's been necessarily given the greatest ingredients in the world to coach a really good football team either. Gettleman, the offensive line since he's taken over has been the worst in football. He paid Nate Solder like he was the, one of the best left tackles in football. He wasn't probably in the top half in the league at left tackles, let alone he's nowhere near that now. You know, people like uh, Will Hernandez, second round pick out of Texas El Paso. He's, I mean, arguably the worst guard in football. Andrew Thomas at, you know, top six pick. You know, it looks like to me he picked, you know, the third, fourth best one of the group, and he had the first pick of the litter. That's an issue. You know, hey, I know the Odell Beckham Jr. thing went, but like, okay, we got Jabril Peppers for him. That that hasn't been all that good. We've overpaid Kenny Galladay. Daniel Jones probably wasn't worth the number six pick. We overpaid James Bradbury, who's a good corner, but they're paying him like he's a shutdown island corner, and he's not that. There's no pass rusher on the football team. There's no legit middle linebacker on the football team. Saquon Barkley, hey, I, I can't get mad at him for that, but it hasn't worked out. That hasn't been good. I probably would have picked Barkley, too, at number two. He was so talented. But I think you get my point here. There's some issues there, and it's hard to be a contender or be consistently good, I think, when you talk about – your offensive line's been one of the five worst in football ever since you've taken over. It's hard to win any game when it's like that. And your defensive line has been just solid. You got some good run stoppers, but that's it. Uh, when we were talking about Russell Wilson, you had mentioned the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I think now whether or not they want to live in that city, Russell and his wife is, is yet to be seen. But I think that's a good spot with a great coach um, who's never under 500, by the way. Right. Um, and so I'm wondering, so so Ben is done, right? Like, I know he said, like, that he's done. done. Where do you rank Ben? Is he, like, a top 10 quarterback all time for you? I, You know, I, I do think he's around there. I do. You know, again, I'd have to sit there and think about it a little bit. But I think he's much better than a, what the common football fan thinks of him in the grand scheme of things. You know, Big Ben was a special, special talent Agreed. where it, yeah, it didn't matter if he had a run game or an offensive line or a bunch of great receivers. Yeah, there was a period of time there where you just go, they got Big Ben. He's going to make plays and move around the pocket and push people off and pump 25 times, and, and they're going to win the game. I mean, hey, the guy went to the Super Bowl, you know, the year they, they lost to the Packers, and even the year they beat the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, most people would tell you it was one of the worst offensive lines in football. It's hard to get to the Super Bowl when your offensive line is not good. They were able to do that because he was special. He was. Now, he's a little different. He's not your Manning and Brady type where it's like, hey, he was all into taking care of his body. and He's going to be over, all over every detail of X's and O's and all that. No, he was a little bit like, hey, I'm just going to show up and play and be the man, which I love, you know, this day and age. Yes, it's different. Right. But I do think he's borderline top 10 quarterback all time. I do. Wins football games, played in some, you know, a very tough division throughout his whole career, arguably the best division of football really the last 10 years. And, you know, for the most part of that time, they, they were the, the team to beat because of him. He reminded – well, listen, Josh Allen reminds me of Ben. Is yeah. that fair? Is that yeah, fair? I, Just I to give people some idea of what Ben was like when he first came into the league. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Josh Allen's like, you know, the uh, evolution right. new Ben, right? Or he's a little faster, his arms a little stronger. A little skinnier. Uh, yes, yeah. very similar to that. A <laughs> little skinnier, right? A little more into the X's and O's, but I think that's a, a solid comparison. I do. Uh, I, I think Ben is, yeah, a little bit better than what everybody gives him credit for. You know, he won two Super Bowls. He went to a third, and, you know, they were there because of him. 
he was the star of the show, and uh, I got to give him a lot of respect for that. Yeah, the Steelers thing, too, you know, just to hit on the Russell Wilson point, you know, like Denver, uh, there's a lot of pieces in place. It's a young offensive line. You got Najee Harris, Claypool, and Deontay Johnson are stars. You know, they got TJ Watt. They're going to re-sign Minka Fitzpatrick. I don't look at that as being like they want to rebuild that team. I think they want to go, wait, we got a pieces here. We'll put a few Band-Aids on it. If we get a quarterback we're right back in the mix of like being one of the better teams in football. Is it going to end up being a, a buyer's market for quarterbacks this offseason if Rodgers is going to move, Wilson is going to move, Deshaun Watson might move? You've got a, you've got a lot of big names that are looking to, for new homes potentially. Well, I know. I know. I still think it'll be a buyer's market. Listen, as time goes on, the more and more we go through it, I go, is Rodgers really going to do it? Is he going to do it? I don't know. You know, I just feel like, you know, again, I'll go back to something I said from the start where I just go, yeah, he doesn't like management and he shouldn't, but he likes the team and he likes the coaches and it's late in his career and he is in a spot where, hey, he's still the king. What he's if the Devontae Adams Wisconsin. leaves? Well, that would be a different thing. Then then Rodgers might burn the stadium down if that if he leaves. You know, <laughs> well, damn, just leave, he's but... the only damn guy that they've ever given him that's worth a damn. You know, that's where I still will go to. Rodgers is amazing. Hey, the second leading guy in targets for the Packers, guess who it is? Aaron Jones. They never have a great receiver. It drives me crazy, actually, when people on TV are like, Rodgers has weapons. I want to be like, what? What game are you watching? That's insane. But, you know, I still think those guys you mentioned, Mike, they're too talented to where I do think there'll they'll still be a market. And I think there's, you know, still going to be a number of teams when all said and done that have needs and wants and going to try to go get that guy you know I think you just take it between Carolina right maybe Detroit gets in the mix yeah the Steelers the Broncos yeah Denver like yeah like we were talking about um, maybe Miami Houston if Deshaun Watson goes somewhere uh, I think there'll be enough there at some point too is going to say to someone hey what the is going on here what else do you want me to do <laughs> yeah i know well, you know I, I i get it i mean he's he's, he's playing, playing really great, good chris yeah like we talked about last week he's playing really good like i told you though it is a certain formula he needs to play good and right. i think that's what you know he'll be looked at as I, I don't think ever great but you can win with Tua. like i said last week you just got to have the right pieces and play the right way on the offensive side of the ball but Chris, just back to Ben for a second. There is no question. Five years from the day that he retires, he ends up in Canton. That's first no ballot doubt. Hall of Fame. No doubt. I think right he's a there, first, right? first yeah. ballot Hall of Famer. Yes. yes, without a doubt. And you know, was it an offense that was? You know, I know we got to remember not this year, last year. They were never a dink and dunk offense. I mean, it was bombs away to Santonio Holmes, bombs away to Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders. You know, uh, so. It wasn't like the offense was, oh, we got to make it easy for Ben. They were like, no, Ben's got so much talent. We can do all this crazy stuff and drop all these plays and not even protect them. And we'll still be in the AFC playoffs. And uh, yes, first ballot Hall of Famer all the way. Still the best quarterback of that class. Not even close. What'd you make of Belichick's game plan against the Bills? I mean, that's, I mean, come on. Is there anybody better? Is there anybody better? You know, he's the greatest manager of games, football teams, in the history of the sport. It's not even close. You know, he's the greatest coach in the history of all sports, in my opinion. And again, you know, I know the win was a detriment to the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen because they're a passing football team. But what I also want to say is, like, Buffalo knew New England was going to run the ball, and they still couldn't stop it. 
And imagine if New England could throw the ball. How open were the play-action passes and bootlegs going to be? So they got all those plays in the bag still from when they played them in a few weeks. Uh, but, no, I mean, to me – It's such you know, a great point shocked. by you. I'm sorry to cut yeah. you off. such a great point because I think Belichick was waiting for that moment to, to spring a I pass so on too. him. I I know. But he didn't have to because they couldn't stop the – Run, exactly so he was right. laughing at him. He right? just said, wait, the risk reward, it's not worth it. We're doing right. well. I'll just keep playing this way, run the ball, play through my defense. And really, if Nikhil Harry doesn't touch that punt, I mean, I really felt like that was going to be a two-score football game, maybe a three-score game, and they were going to dominate the day. Of course, the, that short field led to the only touchdown of the day for the Buffalo Bills. So that was amazing. But that's, hey, that's Belichick. That's Bill Parcells physicality. You heard so much during the telecast, right? McDermott was so concerned with the Patriots physicality. And I I think I've said this to you before, but the Patriots are one of those teams. And again, this goes back to Parcells and the Giants. The Ravens are one of those teams, the Steelers in their good years, but the Patriots are one of those teams where the uniform doesn't do it justice. They're such a big football team. And I don't think people realize it until even in the NFL, until they get on the field with them and they go, Whoa, their linebackers are bigger than our defensive ends. Their defensive ends are as big as our defensive tackles. They got big tight ends, huge offensive line, big physical backs. And that's really the issue. It's old school Patriots, early Tom Brady career type stuff right now. What'd you make of uh, the Eagles kind of ditching, bailing on the Jalen Hurts project, at least for now, and going with uh, Gardner Minshew? Yeah, well. And did you know Gardner Minshew was still in the league? I, I did. I did. Hey, he played really okay. well. You know, when, and, he did. And a part of the game where, I mean, you were watching, the Jets' offense was rolling early on. Wilson was making plays, and they had a match points. And they did that with Gardner Minshew throwing the football. Hey, that's what he brings to the table. That's certainly better than, you know, what I've told you some of my concerns with Jalen Hurts. And he's not the greatest pocket passer. He's not necessarily the most precise passer and not the best decision maker either. Minshew does have that ability. Of course, he can't run like Hurts, but – Played really well. And, you know, again, the Eagles are one of those teams I look at next year. And maybe they get one of those quarterbacks that we talked about. We left them out of the conversation. Probably the Washington football team, depending on how it goes with Heineke here at the end. They're probably another team we need to throw in the quarterback market, depending on how it goes. But the Eagles are one of those teams. Don't be shocked next year if you become a win and go, man, the Eagles are one of the better teams in the NFC. O-line's good. D-line's good. Got some explosive receivers. Decent defensive, defensive back. So, Minshew did a good job all in all, though. Chris Sims with us on Button Podcast, Football Night in America, PFT with Mike Florio. Um, I have spoken to you enough, and you bring it up all the time. Guy didn't have the right offensive line. Guy wasn't surrounded with the right people. Didn't have the right pieces in place. Just, Chris, if you could explain to people what that extra half second to a second means to a quarterback, because I've started to learn. The more I've watched football, the older I get. It really is, especially with the rule changes. It really is about the offensive line and how much time you can give your quarterback. Can you explain to people what that extra second means to these guys? Oh, it's it's, it's everything. The world. Yes. It's everything. Well, listen, it's hard to go through history and not look at the great teams or the teams that are consistently good. They always have good offensive lines. We just we don't talk about it. It's not sexy, you know. Whether it's the 49ers of the '80s or my dad's '80s Giants teams or the Cowboys or the Broncos with Elway when they won the last two Super Bowls, or even Favre and Green Bay. You know, hey, it, Peyton Manning and the Colts, of course the Patriots, they always had good offensive lines, really good, like top five, top six in the league offensive lines. And not only does it give you 
hey, that extra time, one, the pocket's not collapsing so I can step into throws. The pocket's not collapsing so I can see clearly down the field. Those are the obvious things. But it's also the other aspect of like, you can now do different things schematically within your offense because your offensive line is talented to where you can run a play action pass and actually pull the guard with it to make it look exactly like the run and they can protect that way. And you could be more advanced and, and more schemes in the run game that, of course, now you add more play action passes to that. So it's just the trickle down effect of what it does for your football team when you have a great offensive line. It makes everybody better and especially the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. So we were talking, uh, just you mentioned Zach Wilson. What was your evaluation? I thought, like, Chris, that's my kind of game where, okay, I saw something in my quarterback. They lost. It didn't affect my draft position. Uh, And I think the Jets are set up here because I happen to think I'm with you. Like, I think Zach Wilson's going to be good, and the Jets made one of the all-time – I can't believe I'm saying this, Mikey A. One of the all-time great trades, trading away Jamal Adams. And they have the Seahawks pick next year, so – they're going to have two top 10 picks. I, I mean, know. So what'd you make of Zach? I know it's great. They did something right. I, I know. And I'm excited it. for him. You know, even, you know, I, yes. I mean, I'm a Giants fan, but I live here in New York and, you know, I know Robert Sala and I, I root for the Jets. I'm not that kind of New Yorker where I like, I hate the Mets and the Jets just because I like the Giants and the Yankees. I, I still root for those teams. Now when they play each other, I want them to lose, but that's about it. I don't hate them. And man, I mean, first off, both New York football teams look like they're going to have maybe top 10 picks. Yes. Let's get two top 10 picks. That's amazing. But, you know, yes, back to your point, you're spot on. You know, again, the week before against Houston, it wasn't great, but there was about five or six plays from Zach Wilson around, whoa, look at him move, look at him throw. Same thing last week. Made a lot of big-time third-down power throws there in the early part of the football game. So, again, yes, let's not judge it on wins and losses. The look is correct. He's the guy, and I think I think a lot of New York Jet fans up here in this area have finally bought in and realized it and see that talent. Um, but yes, doing good things, and I, I again, I think the Jets are on the right track. You know, when you get Makai Becton back and Elijah Vera Tucker's really good, you need another receiver to add to the mix, right? They probably need another legit pass rusher and a few people on defense, but I don't think they're that far off to being at least a pain in the butt next year, that's for sure. Mikey, did you hear that? We're like 10 players away from being decent. I mean. <laughs> Some of them are there, too, you know? Some of them are just injured. <laughs> right, no, I know. So it's not even like they're not there. You just you got people that are injured that are hurt your football team, too. But, hey, it's hard. It's a new scheme. Sala wants his certain type of guy that he looks at as a prototype for what his defense is. And, you know, they're getting there with the offense, too. But how are you not excited about Elijah Moore, the way he looked, right? I mean, you get another receiver along with him and Corey Davis – and the way Michael Carter looked when he got going before he got hurt, I think there's a lot of things to like about the Jets and their future. I feel like a lot of people, Chris, owe Carson Wentz an apology. We make fun of him a lot. We laugh at him a lot. He makes some terrible, terrible passes. But when he steps into a ball, it looks beautiful. Yeah. Like, are you ready to put – is Wentz in, like, that second tier for you, the way he's played this year? When, when he plays, yes, he is. You know, it, Carson Wentz can be anywhere from, like, you know – eight to 15 on a given year, right? And honestly, he's shown the ability to really play at a top five level if you put the right piece around him. I mean, again, he was going to win the NFL MVP until he got hurt the year they went to the Super Bowl. Two years after that, they went to the playoffs, right? Nine and seven, the year he got hurt at Seattle game when Jim, I mean, he carried the team. They had a bunch of no names on their offense. So yes, he kind of sometimes tries to carry the team a little bit too much, but 
He's a huge human being. Other than Cam Newton, Carson Wentz might be the next biggest quarterback in football. He's a giant. And, yes, he's got gifted arm. He's a pretty good athlete. You know, he's tough as hell. And Frank Reich's going to work out that stupidness of him to just play by the edge a little too much every now and then. And he's played good football this year. I still think the Colts are going to get in the playoffs. And I still think they're one of the better teams in the AFC. They just got off to that rocky start that hurt them. He's the best. Unbutton Podcast, Football Night in America, PFT with Mike Florio. Chris Sims with us every week on God Bless Football. Two quick things. Levitard listened to, I think, his first episode of God Bless Football last week because he just strolled into the studio on Monday and he goes... Chris Sims is great. Oh, thanks, man. I wanted you to know that. I wanted you to know that. What what the hell took him so long to listen to the damn show? I mean, come on. But no, I appreciate that. I'd say, listen, uh, again, I I always say, you guys, I owe a lot of my career to you guys. You guys put me on a, a bigger map for sure with the Chris Sims top 70 quarterbacks in football. By the way, he's too busy counting his money. That's it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, last thing, did you miss Billy Gill at all? Did you notice he wasn't even here I, today? I, I totally missed Billy. I noticed he wasn't here. And, like, <laughs> Billy's that – he's the great guy to have the, like, hey, when it's a dull moment, let's crap on Billy or say something stupid to him. And I miss that crutch today. I like when he's here. Witty, how good is uh, Chris Sims? Like, seriously, how good? Whether you agree with him, disagree with him, how good is Chris Sims? Because I know you love information. You love guys that can explain what it is you're watching every Sunday. And Sims can at least explain quarterback play better than anyone I've ever heard. Like, he really can. He's incredible. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know that it comes from a place of having watched the tape and grinded the tape and, and, and yes, knowing what's going that's on. That's what and, you love. Yes, yeah, I mean, yes. there's, there's like, insight that I've gotten from him every week on God Bless Football. Like, I, I mean, I, I might not tell you, but I do listen every week. And uh, and and so, like, there there are certainly bits that have, like, bled into my analysis. Like, I'm just blatantly stealing this from Chris Sims because I know it's coming from an informed place. But the Taysom Hill thing, <laughs> the Taysom Hill thing, I just can't co-sign. I can't co-sign okay. it, Stugatz. All right. I understand that, but how mad at me are you for <laughs> over the fact that I didn't ask him about it? I mean, <laughs> I, 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 here's what I, here's what I'm going to ask you. I think the news broke that he actually said it, like right after he was done with us, and then people started texting me with the news, and I didn't want to try to get Sims back. So, is it on me? For not asking it and not knowing about it, and perhaps, you know, we didn't find out until a little bit later. I, I, I'd I, like to think it's on Chris Sims for being my friend, for knowing that he said something that was going to be toxic, especially down in South Florida, <laughs> that was going to make news, and he didn't tell me about it. I blamed, like, Sims knew that was going to be news when he said it, and he didn't tell me to ask him about it, and therefore I look like a jackass, but I'm used to that, and I don't care. Hmm. So hmm. it's Chris Sims' fault. So it's, game. so it's Chris Sims's fault for not telling you about the fact that he upset a fan base over one of his opinions. Yes, yes. Huh. because it didn't become news until until like a half hour after he and I hung up. You know, that's fair. That's fair. But I mean, Thank look, you. he explained himself on that pro football talk thing. It's just a lot of people disagree with him. But yes, right. Stugatz, I do. I, I want you to challenge on behalf of my people, <laughs> on behalf of my okay. Dolphins brethren. He needs to right. be challenged for this. Maybe next okay. week. God bless football. Okay, well, no, we'll do it on Monday on the Levitard show. Okay, got it. <laughs> Levitard via text going, is he kidding? And I'm like, that's why this is great. <laughs> Hard-hitting journalism, it's not exactly what I come here for, to be honest with you, Stu Gods, but it's, it, it serves an entirely different function.
All right. Well, I'll take that as a compliment. Anyway. It is a compliment. Uh, got, it is. But it's Sims' fault. Uh, let's, okay. let's be clear. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. God bless football. Buddy, thanks God for uh, helping football. out this week. <laughs> football. Football. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 